Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for the second part of the Curtain Call podcast. I'm Michael Beck. He, well, got to point the right way. He's Jeffrey Benedict. Uh, and we're hanging out, uh, breaking down training camp today. Yeah, you pointed right the, the first time. Th- those of you listening <laughs> to the audio platform, uh, Jeffrey and I are, are sitting in Zoom-style boxes, and I pointed the wrong way to begin with. It's okay. It's mirrored. Everything's backward. Uh, it's not my fault. I swear. Uh, anyway, uh, back in the Steeler stuff. Uh, so I don't uh, start getting too sweaty from embarrassment. Um, where was it going with this? Because now I'm completely thrown off, Jeffrey. I'm kidding. <laughs> First half of the show, uh, of course, breaking down uh, really uh, kind of the big names at camp so far. The Hall of Fame game, which is coming up in, in what, a week? Sunday? Is it? Is it already that a close? Week, uh, it's a week from tomorrow. It's a Thursday game. Oh, right. It is a Thursday game. Holy smokes, we are eight days away from the first, well, seven days if you're listening on the podcast side, but uh, eight days away from actual football. That is crazy to me. And of course, that means uh, the Steelers are already close to that first cut down date, uh, down to 85 uh, is the first cut down. Uh, and then uh, at the end of the preseason, of course, they got to get down to 53. So Jeffrey, I'm going to throw some names out at you. And uh, I want you to tell me whether or not you think uh, they're actually on the chopping block or uh, I'm just uh, full of hot air on this. So the first name I want to throw out to you is Justin Lane. Justin Lane apparently struggled once again uh, at training camp this far. And uh, he well, really, he struggled since the Steelers made him a third round pick. I want to say it was 2018 draft class. So Justin Lane, is he on the chopping block? Absolutely. Absolutely. He... uh... He is a draft pick. He was drafted. He 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 reminds me of Artie Burns. Like he was that kind of a player, um, kind of raw, middling athlete. But he's big. He's strong. He has. He looks like he has potential to grow. That we used to draft a cornerback that never worked. Those are the guys we always drafted. And out of the people who worked, there's like Ike Taylor, and that's it. That's the only one that ever worked out for us. So. I think I think he's just a bad fit because he was drafted for a team and a philosophy in the secondary that we don't use. He was drafted in 28. He was drafted and then Terrell Austin came on board in 2019 and and the defense changed. The secondary changed, how we covers changed and he does not fit it well. Artie Burns didn't fit it well. He's not going to. And so for me, I think it's just a matter of time. He is he is done. He he probably should not survive to 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 be on the roster this year. Yeah, uh, in my opinion, he's never looked good. Uh, as a third-round pick, yeah. you, you should be a contributor by the end of your rookie year, e- even for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, like, typically by the end of the year, you are a contributor in some sense. He was never that. I, I don't even know if he played a single game as a rookie, or, or if he did, it was like one game. And then his sophomore year struggled. And then, of course, 2020, uh, he got some playing time, and he looked bad. And he's looked bad again in training camp, so I, I agree with that one. I think uh, Justin Lane for sure is on the chopping block. Next up, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go one at a time, but the Steelers have got to move on for, from some running backs. There is a lot on this roster. and Of course, they have the bell cow now in Najee Harris. The first name I want to throw out is Jalen Samuels, who right now seems like he's kind of flirting with the bottom of the depth chart. Yeah, I think he's. I think he is the odd man out. In my opinion, right now he's he's the guy that's gone. Um, 
we've had this in the back of my head. It's been in the back of my head, you know, that he did well with Matt Canada. Uh, but if you, I, I recently went back and went through his college film and was looking at some of his better plays and I'm like, oh, you know, there's nothing on here that someone can't do as well as play a real position, right? Jalen Samuels is that. He was a good playmaker. He's got he's got good instincts in open space. He's a very when you say an instinctual player, what often we mean is someone who watches film and has like trained themselves to react properly, and we call it instinctual. Jalen Samuels is a truly instinctual player. He's like a playground football guy. You know, he's like just so great at, at this the natural stuff. But then you put him in at running back and his footwork is off. Right, he's taking extra steps here, and he's he's doing something weird with a cut there. He's not reading the blocking as good as he needs to, and it just doesn't work out. Right, aside from one absolutely fantastic game he gave us against New England, it hasn't worked yards. out. <laughs> yeah, if if you get him in open space as a receiver, he's he's really valuable. He he can make people miss. He can do some things, but he's not really fast. So yeah, you made someone miss, but then the second guy got to you three yards later. You know, it's not. Like, like you're not that guy in college. He could be that kind of a playmaker in a Matt Canada offense where they gave him some misdirection, gave him some stuff. But in the NFL, he's not a good enough blocker. He's not a good enough running back. He's not a good enough receiver to really make it work. Uh, and so I think he is going to be out. I agree with you on that one as well. I think Samuels, uh, he disappeared last year. Uh, for running backfield, that was already pretty bad to begin with. He was a no-show. I'm surprised he made it to training camp this year, if I'm being 100% honest on that one. The next guy, really, I think it comes down between two players. Of course, Kalen uh, Balaj and Benny Snell Jr. Uh, Balaj, apparently, he, he caught a, a touchdown as well in that uh, seven shots drill today, and he's looked pretty good. He, basically, it's going to come down – between uh, Balage and Snell, they're kind of built the same. So when it comes to, to having that kind of body type, perhaps a, a short yardage type back, even though I'm pretty certain Najee Harris will take those snaps as well, uh, it seems like there's a battle going on between those two guys. But mostly Benny Snell is kind of obviously the, the bigger name here in, in Pittsburgh, uh, the higher draft pick. Do you think Snell could be on the chopping block? I don't think so. I think I think you're gonna see Snell end up on this team because they do value having another running back who has at least you know a good nose for picking up tough yards. Uh, if, if Harris is that guy, they're gonna they're gonna want Snell too. Uh, you don't want to have like guys behind him that can't that don't do that well. Ballage to me is interesting uh, because he actually I think could fill that Jalen Samuels role. Hmm. Right, I don't. Kalen Ballage as a as a pure running back isn't the playmaker. He's he's a big play runner, but he's also going to lose a lot of yards. Uh, similar to to similar to a James Conner, but with a different style and approach to it. If he can, you know, show up and deliver with his receiving, which he's done in the past decently, if he can do that, he could be that 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 running back that you can put out there. He can be a blocker. He can be a, a runner. He can be a pass receiver kind of guy and have Najee Harris in the backfield. That's, you know, that, like I said, Najee Harris is like the perfect guy for that versatile role, but you want to have that main threat in the backfield and have another guy that can fill that role on the field at the same time, because then you have, then you can really 
make the best of it. You can look like, oh, Najee Harris is running off left tackle, but, oh, he doesn't have the ball. Kalen Ballage got it off a pitch, and he's running up the middle. Like, that's that's the kind of role there. Uh, I could see Kalen Ballage playing himself onto this team in that kind of a role. I think he is faster, and I think he fits it better than Jalen Samuels does in the NFL. I actually think both those guys – well, I, I, I would say uh, I don't think Benny Snell is in competition with Ballage as much as Ballage is in competition with uh, with a guy named Anthony McFarland. Uh, I think those two are going to be that are in the mix for that H back second that 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 running back who also does other things kind of position. That's where that's where I think the competition should end up. Uh, we'll see. We'll see how they do in preseason. Mm, yeah, I see it a little different because I think Anthony McFarlane's more of that like speedy type guy that uh, Matt Canada likes hanging around that could be like a jet sweep type guy, mm-hmm. uh, bounce him around a little bit. So I, I think that could be a little bit different. As for Benny Snell, though, of course, there was that it wasn't really a report, more of just people kind of putting two and two together. Perhaps Benny Snell could be a trade target of the LA Rams after uh, th- their running back, Cam Akers, I, I believe is his Achilles he blew out and will yeah. miss the 2021 season. Rough, especially for that team. Uh, if the Steelers could get can mine a draft pick out of Benny Snell, I, I would take that. I, like I would jump all over it. Benny Snell is not going to be a huge contributor uh, with Najee Harris. Like it basically it comes down to Najee Harris getting injured, which again, knock on wood. Uh, if if he if he's healthy all year, Benny Snell's not going to see the field. Uh, that's just the way the Steelers are when they have a, a healthy bell cow running back. So if they can mine a draft pick out of it, uh, I, I'm all for it. But uh, otherwise, I, I think he sticks around. Uh, can, I, can I say one more thing on the running backs? Go for it. Um, Benny Snell, his rookie year, looked like he had better vision than James Conner and looked like he had better vision than he did in his second season. I don't know what the Steelers were doing, but their their running backs like lost the ability to read an offensive line and, and find holes. Uh, they have since changed offensive line coaches. Uh, I believe the offensive line coach was their run game coordinator, has been for a while. We could see a difference there, but I want I would put that in there as a as a possible thing to watch for is Benny Snell got worse in his second season with his vision than he than he was as a rookie. And so the they they've changed a few coaches and, and but that's still something I think you have to watch, especially when we're talking about young guys. Uh, you don't you don't want to see you know a Najee Harris suddenly start struggling to find holes, so hopefully they have fixed whatever was wrong there. But I want to throw that as a caveat uh, that they had that problem before. Hopefully that is not a problem again. Yeah, no, you bring up a very good point there. Um, on the other side of the ball, uh, one of the first names that kind of pops up to me. Marcus Allen, who's uh, he, he's he's been uh, kind of a cockroach. He, he just won't go away, uh, no matter uh, what the Steelers try to do to the guy. He was a safety. He's put on a ton of weight to move to linebacker. He's still sticking around. I, I believe a 2017 draft pick. What year five for him now? That's pretty yeah. crazy for a guy that uh, has never really done much on the field, even in really special teams type role. Do you think uh, this is uh, the, the final stretch for Marcus Allen? He's definitely got competition. Uh, did, he, did Vince Williams retiring save him a little bit, uh, give him a, a chance at an extra roster spot? Yeah, I mean, that does free up – that frees up spots. Uh, my question is, like, Killebrew and Allen, 
you want both of them? Like, are you keeping two guys? And and how are you using them differently? Because they're very similar. They're very similar in, in the roles they take on the field. So to me, Marcus Allen may be out the door simply because there's other guys that can do that. And you also have to look at a guy like Ulysses Gilbert third. You know, like there, there's some good competition for that depth linebacker who who is more of a coverage guy. Uh, so Mark, Marcus Allen, oh, that's because he is. He is like that cockroach. I, I, I'm not sold on him at all. I'm not a big fan of his. But, yeah, he was getting snaps ahead of people. Uh, one of our worst defensive games was when it was him and uh, Williamson Once, yeah. playing linebackers. Every, literally everyone else was hurt. Uh, Ulysses Gilbert, the third played that game and was hurt in that game. It was his first game of the season. And he got hurt in it. And so it was Marcus Allen and, and Williamson is in there and they were just not good. Obviously it's not that ideal situation. You have your dime backer and a guy who's barely, you know, been on the team. Uh, but yeah, Marcus, Marcus Allen's a tough one for me. Cause I, I really don't know why they keep him around. Um, he doesn't seem like a very good player to me when I watch him on film, but he's got a great be doing guy in the locker right. room. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. He's got to be doing something right that I'm not catching. I, I've always know, like known since he was drafted, he was like the hype man in the weight room, um, keeps the mood light. So I don't know. Maybe if you make it to the NFL kids yeah. and you're watching this, just be a good dude. Maybe he'll keep you in the league a couple extra years. Cause look at Marcus Allen, go look at his stats. It'll probably blow your mind how little he's done. But again, year five, how many people play half a decade in the NFL and do nothing? It's pretty yeah. incredible. It is pretty incredible. Good for him. Really, I'm jealous. That's what it comes down to. <laughs> Good for you, Marcus Allen. Um, like, we, like, Steelers, you should see me in the weight room right now. <laughs> I will scream. I will do whatever you want. Just give me a chance, you know. <laughs> Uh, if I, maybe I'm a good scheme fit, who knows? Just give me a chance. <laughs> give him a chance, man. Give him a chance. Oh, goodness gracious. Uh, another name that pops up because there's, of course, so many defensive linemen. Someone's got to get cut. Isaiah Bugs. This, this is the one that I've kind of uh, zoned in on as kind of my kind of leaderboard odds on favorite to get the axe. What do you think about Isaiah Bugs on the chopping block? Yeah, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good one to pick. Um, he is above Carlos Davis on the depth chart, but yeah. I don't. I feel like Davis is a better player. Davis Davis showed some some quickness and a lot of growth as a rookie season. And if you've if you've seen the the one training camp video they came out with, the Steelers came out with it was Cameron Hayward doing racing sprints with Carlos Davis. And they were basically doing the snap and seeing who off the ball quickest. And they showed like Cameron Hayward keeps going up against Carlos Davis because he can't beat him. And he goes like, they go like four times before Cameron Hayward finally beats Carlos Davis on this drill. And then like, he's like, he, he like walks over and says something like, you know, I couldn't let you win that. You know, I had to get you once or something like that. But like Carlos Davis isn't going to be easy to knock out there. He's not going to be easy to knock out. And he's probably going to get a little bit of an extra chance because he didn't have a training camp last season. So if he's doing well in this training camp, the Steelers are going to be like, okay, you know what? You didn't have time to develop and you did pretty decent. Let's let's give you a chance. Like he's more likely to stick around for that. Henry Mondo is one of those guys that could be on the bubble, but he plays special teams. And also, he was on the field for a good number of sacks. Like it wasn't him getting them, but people got to the quarterback when he was on the field. Like TJ, I did the 
TJ Watt had like three or four sacks with Henry Mondo playing for Stefan to He still got to the quarterback. It wasn't like Mondo was screwing up the defense, you know? So he, he's got some stuff and he plays special teams. That's a huge benefit. If you're talking bottom of the roster spots, you know, obviously louder milk, it's got to, you know, you got to think he's going to make it like someone has to not make it. And Isaiah Bugs is kind of the one that makes sense. But on the other hand, Isaiah Bugs is a guy who in bad situations has stepped up for this team. If you remember the, the Baltimore game where they were running all over us in the first half and the second half, Isaiah Bugs just comes out and shuts that down. He just becomes an absolute beast in the middle of the field looking like, you know, looking like Tyson Aluwalu out there. So that is one to watch. Um, I would probably agree with you and lean towards Bugs being the guy who's out. I would probably lean towards that, but man, that's that's going to be a fight. Some team is going to pick up a really good defense lineman off the Steelers roster after cuts. The, yeah. and that's something the Steelers have got to look for, and, and something if we have time we can get to. But uh, uh, hopefully the Steelers can take advantage of some other team that's loaded a position and uh, add to their roster at the end of camp because that's what good teams do. They just keep getting better. But uh, someone's going to get a good defender off the Steelers' defensive line. The last name that I have written down is Cassius Marsh, uh, one of uh, the more polarizing figures of this offseason that uh, we don't have to worry about being the Steelers' third outside linebacker, uh, well, at least at this moment. Um, but what do you think? Is, is Marsh, uh, does he have a shot at being the Steelers' fourth outside linebacker, or is he on the chopping block? Well, he's got his shot. It's just the guy he's got to pass is their draft pick. Quincy Roche, who, like, uh, you've got to think that's got to got to count for something. Uh, he is, was he sixth? Was he sixth round? Yep. Yeah, he's a sixth round pick, so he, he's not at all going to get that. You know, oh, you were a high draft pick, so you get you get through to your second season no matter what. Uh, and honestly, if there's a guy who doesn't make it from this class, Roche could be that guy who doesn't make it through the first through the first camp just because he has some growth. He's a little smaller. There he were people few... telling me he was an unbelievable outside linebacking prospect. That's going to change this defense. Yeah. I've, uh, I've never, I've never quite bought into his hype because he is a bit smallish to play like he did in college In college. He was just a brute to deal with, but that's going to be, he's still going to be a tough out. Like that is a tough yeah. guy to take off this roster. Um, Cassius Marsh was a good special teamer who, when they needed him to step up and, you know, stop the run, uh, absolutely fell apart and looked like like he looked bad. He was just pretty – he looked like Artie Burns Nick out Chubb there when he was trying to stop stupid. the runs. Yeah. Yeah. They Browns were just like, yeah, run at that guy. Like, I think it was something like, something like 70-some percent of their runs were right at Cassius. They were just like, nope, just run at that dude. He can't stop us and we'll just win this game. Uh and that's really where the Steelers' comeback ran out of juice was they just started running at Cassius Marsh. Like Alex Highsmith's not in there. Run at Cassius Marsh, win the game, and they did. It worked. Uh, so for me, yeah, I would love to see – my preferred result is Quincy Roche shows enough that they they move on from Cassius Marsh. But uh, so, so I'd have to agree he's the most likely candidate, but uh, you still got to take him out. Yeah, you, you're not wrong. Any draft pick is still going to be a tough out in that position. It, it's one to watch for. Before we kind of flip to the last topic of tonight's show, do you have any other names that kind of pop in your mind that could be uh, on the chopping block? Ooh. 
I had to. Like, like there's going to be one quarterback, um, and it's probably going to be Josh Dobbs. So, like, that one's not all that surprising. Yeah. But yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking at uh, Ray Ray McLeod. That I know we've, we've I gone through the down. big names. Yeah, Ray Ray McLeod is one. Uh, there's there's some young guys that could. I mean, kick returner is the most. This is the least safe job title to have, especially like, when Steelers. <laughs> yes, like the minute like Stephen Logan was one of the better guys in the NFL, and he was gone. It was one season. BC Lions gone. legend. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he could be gone. There's some young guys out there that they are going to get a chance with this preseason to win the job. It made sense when they brought him in last season because he had done it in the NFL. And you, without a preseason, you don't know if you can trust these guys just from practice, right? You just seeing what they do in practice, you can't know if, if you can trust them in a game. Uh, so he made sense. He's a good player. I like him. If we stick with him, I'm no problem there. But there, that's a that's a position that's never really safe. And uh, is, we should probably bring up Jordan Berry's name. Uh, it, it wouldn't be a surprise to anyone except for Jeff Hartman, who just swears that Jordan Berry is just kind of like a, a, a disease to this, this fan base, specifically him. So, oh, man, yeah. I, I hope Jordan Berry doesn't watch our shows because that poor bastard's just been just been <laughs> plucked away on <laughs> all offseason yeah. long. But yep. it, I wouldn't be surprised. That's why I didn't throw it out there. It, like, yeah. I feel like if you pulled – Steeler fans, it'd be like 99.8% would be picking Presley Harvin to win this battle. E- even if it was 50-50 at the end of camp, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, let's go with Presley Harvin because we don't know if he's going to collapse by the end of the year. It, like, Even if it was 50-50, they yeah. know Jordan Berry crumbles when it gets cold. So I, I would go with Presley Harvin. Like, so in, in that idea, unless Harvin looks like crap, which would make no sense to me, it's punting. How does that not transition? Uh, yeah then, yeah, th- that's the only way I, I'd be surprised by uh, I- any other result. Yep. I- any other names popping to mind? No, that's, that would be it. That's it. Perfect. So the last thought here on tonight's show really comes down to contracts. As a car blazed past my place. Sorry for that. Uh, hopefully you didn't hear it. But uh, anyway, um Thinking about the contracts of this team, specifically the one of T.J. Watt, uh, do you think that gets done? It, they're not talking about it. Like T.J. Watt will just shut those questions down right away. Same with Kevin Colbert, Mike. Ta- like no one's talking about. It. Do you think they're working on it? Do you think it gets done in the next couple of weeks? I, I would be a little bit surprised at this point. I think I think we're we're past the normal window. Um, so to me, I think we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait till next year, um, and I, I think it's because, you know, you're you're gonna be committing a lot of money to this guy, and if I'm TJ Watt, I'm waiting till next year, because this year everything's a little bit weird. All the contracts are strange. All the all the big contracts people are signing are like weirdly allocated to get around this year and the lower salary cap and dump money into later seasons. If, if I'm TJ Watt, I'm waiting till next season to see where this cap goes, to see where, you know, the contracts start heading. Wait wait to see what, what the top players who are free agents next year start signing for. And then, like, you could, you could cheat yourself out of, you know, a decent chunk of money if all these salaries start going way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and secondly, the Steelers don't exactly have 
like the whole the whole story of the NFL this year is NFL teams don't have tons of cash sitting around. So to me, if I, if you're the Steelers, how much are you are you going to give? Um, and and with the with one of the things with contracts I this season, oh you, <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. And really really what we're talking about here is if you're going to sign TJ White, let's let's be honest, he's getting the money he wants. Yeah. The question is, is it from you? TJ Watt is going to come in and say, this is the money I want. And you're either going to give it to him or someone else is. He is that level of a player. He is that big of a name. He, he's that guy. So I, I don't I don't know if it even makes sense for the Steelers to sign him this season other than to try and get him for cheaper. And if you are getting him for cheaper, you look look at some of the contracts people are signing this year, and how the NFL and or how teams are getting over initial contract money by giving them massive guarantees later in the contract. You know where they're getting like two thirds of their contract guaranteed, even some some of the smaller, shorter term deals. It's Steelers don't like doing that. That's not how the Steelers operate. So it's to me, I, I don't think it's happening this season. I, I just think there's too many things against it. Uh, and I think a lot of the talk they're doing now is just going to set up a starting point for next season. I'm going to disagree on you with this one. Um, right. I think it will get done. And to your point where the contract's going up, when it comes to that edge rusher market, I, I don't see anyone that's on the books that's going to surpass what Miles Garrett and Joey Bosa got. Like Nick Bosa, uh, Joey's younger brother, still a, a few years away. Um, yeah, who else is there? Like Miles Garrett got his payday. TJ Watt is next and he's going, he basically what it's going to come down to, he's going to get his $30 million per year. That that's what it's going to be. If it's any less, I'd be surprised if it, if the deal happened a year from now, I it's still $30 million a year. I don't think anyone's passing that. He he will be the highest paid player, defensive player in football. And that's just what it's going to be. And uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it got down done now because the Steelers don't want to mess around with having to, put a franchise tag on them so they could have a extra window to negotiate with them before just to get it out of the way. And with the chat with Dave Schofield, the Steelers can work this out. Uh, They can give TJ Watt a $45 million signing bonus and not affect the cap this year. So like that's what it comes down to. They could give TJ Watt $65 million in a signing bonus, which is just ridiculous. The Steelers would never do. And if they did, I'd be dumbfounded if, if they put a, Bonus in like that, but uh, that's when it would start to affect this year's salary cap. So I, I just really, I, I think it will get done much like Cam Hayward's did closer to the 11th hour. I, I, I think it's just set up pretty easily. Like all the nickel and diming at this point is going to come down to guarantees uh, whether or not the Steelers will give it to someone who's a non quarterback and, and term. Like to me, I, I feel like this contract would be pretty easy number wise. It probably comes down five years. $150 million, $30 millions per, and then just the way they structure it. And that's probably that's probably what they're debating right now and trying to figure out to stack the money to make it make the most amount of sense for both parties. So I think that's the way it will go down. But looking at the, at the clock, we are at the top of the hour here. Jeffrey, before we sign out, is there anything you'd like to plug for the people? Um, No. So <laughs> oh, I'm I'm gonna go on vacation next week and uh NFL Game Pass right now is an absolute hot mess. So my access to footage to do film rooms 
is not even a thing. Like it's it's completely trashed, and they're saying it could be months. I don't know. There's rumors everywhere. So uh, just 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 uh, just hope that that works out well. Because if I don't have film, I can't really do film rooms. Ah, well, we can always have you on uh, on the podcast, and uh, good good thing you're starting a podcast on on film rooms as well too. That that just worked out just, perfectly as well. I'll just write controversial articles like uh, t- like Tony does. <laughs> oh no, me. we're just gonna burn the internet down. That's okay. We've done it before. We can do it again. More the uh, merrier, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, as for me, uh, I mentioned it uh, earlier in the show. I'll have an article on uh, Pat Fryermuth and how it's pretty exciting to have a tight end with his skill set coming in. Heck, I feel like I could do a, a podcast just on uh, the Steelers' lack of ever having an A1 tight end. Like Heath Miller was the, the best one in franchise history. I, I think the Steelers didn't use him enough. Uh, it, but even then, you look back at the history of this team almost 100 years now, their tight yeah. end history is not that good. Pat yeah. Farmuth has the skills, and he, he's he's showing that he, he can be a guy in camp. Maybe they finally have something, so uh, check that out tomorrow. Aside from that, make sure you're checking out the entire BTSC family of podcasts, including Jeff Hartman's Left Let's Ride, My Live Mike, and Dave Schofield Stack Geek, which runs in the, uh, the AM on your podcast-only platform side, being what, your Spotify's, your Apple Podcasts, what have you, wherever you get your podcast from. And we have some new shows coming as well. Uh, there was a State of BTSC article that dropped on the website that breaks down all the shows. So make sure you click over to that to get all the details and all the new hosts, all the new shows. There's a ton of stuff coming to the podcast only side. So make sure you're checking that out. Because really, if you're watching these shows, we know how much you love the Pittsburgh Steelers. So you're getting even more content there. So make sure you check that out. Aside from that, uh, I hope all of you have a marvelous evening. Uh, For my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. We will see you guys soon.